Seasons change. Why not your tech? Upgrade now during the Dell Technologies Summer Sale event and save on select PCs, like the XPS 16, powered by Intel Core processors. You'll be able to bring your most intensive projects to life with built-in AI, minimalistic design, immersive visuals, and cinematic audio. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to exceptional tech and electronics, plus free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Dell.com slash deals. That's Dell.com slash deals. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money-making conversations. Here we go. Ah, yes. Money-making conversation. The brand that grows, the brand that tells all. This is money-making. Do you notice a difference in my voice? There's a difference in my voice. There's a proud, a proud flavor, a robust version of my voice because I have the power twins on my show today. That means you have to give extra. You just can't talk normal. You have to talk about because they're here to talk about things that I talk about on a daily basis on this show that I promote on a daily basis. Success, believing in yourself, having relationships. Look at yourself in that mirror and say you can do it. Not just say it, but believe in it. Walk through the people who say you can't do it. Surround yourself with relationships. Respect your family. That's what they do, the power twins. Now, one was born five minutes apart from the other, but they are still twins because that's what twins do. That's what they do. One will always tell the other, I am the oldest because that's what twins do. As I said earlier, my next guests are twins. Hustlers, media mavens, boss ladies, and as L Magazine called them, power twins. Twins. One is an entrepreneur, innovative marketer, and revenue producing executive who has spent the last two decades at the intersection of marketing, branding, tech, media, and entertainment. Her sister is a two time Emmy Award winning television producer, as am I, a two time Emmy Award winning television producer. But what I am not is the VP of Branded Entertainment and Media Innovation at CBS Television Network. That is her. They're on the show today to talk about their new book, which I've read so fast the very first time. I went back and read it twice. It's called Double Down, Media Mavens, Boss Ladies, Power Twins. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Trisha and Antoinette Clark with an E. Welcome, ladies. Hi, Hi. 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 Hi
We love your energy. We're vibing already. Come on now. You got to make it happen. You got to make it happen. Yes. Um, the beauty of this book is that, first of all, I have a 22-year-old daughter. She's in college. Mm-hmm. At the, I, won't, I can't say that because, you know, when she's in college, my wife will kill me. What did you say that? And, <laughs> <laughs> now they're going to find where your daughter's going to school and bother her. But um, <laughs> but this book, I got to let her read because it, it felt so... Um, so, uh, because you, because I'm, I'm hearing about two success stories in one book and how yeah. differently they were achieved and they were achieved because of the, I, I like to say that the ladies in your life were mentors and not only from the standpoint of they were relatives, but they were mentoring you. And sometimes they didn't always say to you what you wanted to hear. Correct? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and to your point, you know, for your saying that you want your daughter to read this book, that's why we wrote this book. It was to democratize success for people that look like us. Mm-hmm. And for so long, we've been looked at as anomalies as we continue to kind of rise up in our career. And we were like, wait a minute, we should be the norm. People of color should be the norm. It shouldn't be. Well, how did they do it? It should be like, how can we all do it? Mm-hmm. And we think double down at least that's the groundwork for us to be able to scale kind of the mentorship that we have been giving to, to um, young girls, young men for the past few years. And yes, we didn't always hear amazing things from, from our family. We call them our (laughs) tribe, kind of the matriarchy, but they definitely instilled a level of passion and determination to succeed. We think a lot of that came from their immigrant mentality. They came here, you know, from, they came to the States from Jamaica and they wanted to achieve the American dream. Right. And their right. version of mm-hmm. the American dream was exactly what the status quo tells us. And that you have to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer to kind of make it. So that's the, that's the vision and the directive they gave to us. And we said, hold on a minute. We don't want to be those things. But we think we can still achieve a level, a level of success but doing it our way. And right after college... We tricked them. We told them that we would go to grad school after working for two years. All they had to do was give us two years to work, get get some experience. (laughs) Then we would go to grad school. So Antoinette and I took it upon ourselves that within those two years, we had to figure out a game plan of what success could look like and what our North Star is and what the plan should be to help get us to, you know, the levels that we wanted to achieve. And we were able to at least lay the roadmap out within those two years so that, the matriarchy kind of gave us some room to breathe and um, do it our way. Wonderful. Now, the book uh, we're talking about is called Double Down. And it's in, I'm reading the book. It's divided into two parts. Part one, you're focusing on how to double down on yourself, which is very important. I like this book because they're talking about getting yourself right before we get to part two. You really have to look in yourself because a lot of people always dream, I want to do this. Uh, uh, and they, then they make up situations which stop them from wanting to do this that they keep talking about every time. And it's talking about focusing on the long game, always keeping your eyes on the horizon or the prize while moving forward with purpose and a plan of action. That's what I talk about all, of, all the time on this show. What is your plan? You got a dream. You set a goal. What is the plan? And then part two helps you look outside of yourself. That is where you your crew looks like. It's really interesting because uh, – because uh, I talk about this when I was managing Steve Harvey. And then when I stopped managing him, I was just by myself. And so I was just trying to do a lot of things by myself. And then I had to take, I had to take a step back and I realized I had a crew. 
when I was managing Steve Harvey. I had people around me that I could, can you help me with this? And they wanted to help me with it. And I like what you talk about. You have to have ride or die people in your crew. That's what I forgot. And that's what you're talking about in this book, correct? Oh, yeah. Like, and we break it down. You have to, it has to come from within. And you have to build your tribe um, from the inside out. What I love about your book is that you preach confidence. You, mm-hmm. pre- you preach the fact that don't, don't, don't assume that you shouldn't be there, that you shouldn't have the, you have the right to say that this is mine, go forward. And so I say that because when I think back over my life, and I think about all the success I had, especially when I came, went into college, and college allowed me to grow as a human being. That's why I always tell everybody, go to college. Just go to college and allow college to, to allow you to grow. Because when you're in high school, high school just dictates to you. Go to class, go to class. You go, you, you know, if you, if you do good or bad, guess what? You can get through high school. College, you do bad, they got something for you. Go home, okay? So that means that you have to develop a competitiveness while you're in college. And that's what, that's why college is such a beautiful thing when I read about it in your book because that's when the competitive wheels of life really started for you too. And that's what plays out in this book, correct? Yeah, and I think it started college. That's, I think, what we were able to expand it even there more. There you go. I apologize. Because we that's had correct. more opportunities, right? But mm-hmm. I think it started when we were in high school Absolutely. when we decided to sell guest sweatshirts. Yes. Like there was a store in Manhattan that, had them um, at a discounted price. So we pulled all of our money together Mm -hmm. and bought about 30-something sweatshirts. We started rocking them any chance we could Mm -hmm. at school. Mm -hmm. And then um, kids would be, our classmates were like, where'd you get those? And then we would have them in our backpacks and sell it to them. So I think it's always been a part of our DNA. And then we just flex those muscles in different ways based on the white space that we're able to find. Right. And that's important you say that. And I... And I stand corrected because college allowed you to expand on your entrepreneurship that you created exactly. in high school. Because in high school, I was selling blow pops. In high yeah. school, <laughs> I was uh, yeah, I was selling blow pops. Go down the store, get blow pops, and I go to school. Hey, blow pops ain't just walking around the hallway. Rajan had them, okay. And, <laughs> and then I was a photographer in school, so I would take I would take couple photos, couple photos, five dollars. Take photos, you know. I had the equipment, access had my little photo room. I go in there and. Black and white, I do that. So I started that in high school. And so when I got to college, you know, it was like a bigger arena for me to just expand on. I could see I can get $5 from people. I can get $10 from people. I started being able to convince people to go, a group of people to go from this place to this place. That right there, see, I wish I had a double down with me. See, she had, <laughs> she, she, she had a double down with her, a twin. See, if I had, Rashawn McDonald had a twin, Oh boy! Because she, she could see because see, whenever over, she, right? I mean, it's a wrap. It's because see whenever she questioned herself, the other twins over there. Girl, let's go for it. Really? Yes. Let's go. Let's throw this party. Let's go to the school. You can do this. So whenever a, a a little doubt drops in, and that's what I'm gonna just tell you something is that everybody needs to get them a twin. Okay, a person who's a ride or die, a person who you can throw back information to them and they give it back to you as real as possible. That's what I took away from this book is that you to be successful, you got to have a partner in some degree, whether it's a, a love interest, whether it's a best friend, somebody that you can roll with. They were born together five minutes apart and they become 
business partners, best friend. That was my takeaway from the book. Did I miss that in this book when I was reading? Because that's what I took away. I need to get me a Rashawn McDonald twin. That's what I did. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's a big part of it. It's showing how you can use, take lessons of how, what we've been able to develop because we're twins and how you can apply that in your friendships with colleagues and with the rest of your tribe. The tribes. Cool. So the positions that you guys achieve now, what's, what's the future? You write a book, you know, you, you're receiving compliments about your skill, about your skills, not about your looks. It's about your skills. I think that's very important. I think it's very, that's what you two wanted to achieve. You, you want people to recognize you for their talents and you want to share your talents to young ladies to let them know that they can be great. Because so many times it is not men, but it's thrown to women how they look and how they can be successful based on their looks. And I see that coming clear through the book, through the pages of this book as well. It's about what you can do and don't let anybody. The status quo is another one of those things. Don't let people deny your success because they said you got there based on your looks. That brings in these pages as well, correct? Oh, 100%. It's about what you bring to the table. Cause, and we're all about achievement versus activity, right? So people can spin their wheels and, and try to, you know, have these small wins and get, you know, blocked down by failures. But we're always going to have our eye on the long game because we know that we want to make an impact. Right. And right. you want to be legendary, legendary not temporary. Oh, okay. Both see that's the first time they talk together now. Okay. Right? You see, I was rolling. I was rolling with everybody going, Who which one is talking? Then all of a sudden they're gonna talk together. The magic is broken. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's such a beautiful thing. I, I would be before we get off, I wanna tell everybody how they can get the book or buy the book. Make sure we get that out there. Plus I want banners so I can put it on my social media. So I on my side, because like I said, I'm recommending this book. I'm gonna show you how I'm gonna recommend it. I'm gonna put it in my on my verified uh, social media handles, okay? But tell everybody how they can get the book. Ah, thank you. So the book uh, dropped, yes, uh, September 10th, and it's available everywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you name it. And um, you can even go to your local bookstore, and if we're not on the shelf, you should ask them why we're not on the shelf. So definitely search for our book, but it and- should be everywhere. Absolutely. And if you just want to learn a little bit more about us, you can check out our website, doubledownbook.com. Um, that has our social handles and then also links uh, to various retailers where you can get it. My friends, this has been wonderful. This has been, I got to go back into that voice. This has been amazing. I've had the Clark sisters. I've had the Pointer sisters. I've had the Clark sisters, the Gospels. Now I've had the twins, the power twins. They're the stars of the book, the writers of the book. Double down, bet on yourself and succeed on your terms. They're just a younger version of Rashawn McDonald. Unfortunately, there's only one Rashawn McDonald, but there are two of them. <laughs> I love it. Y'all come back on my show, okay? We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn Shell? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met... You know, you used to always say, Rashawn, yes. uh, can you give me, can we talk, can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. I mm-hmm. felt like at that time and even now, you mm-hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You're truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be multifaceted 
you know for a fact now that you about to capture an audience that's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness has been valuable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Here's the truth about reaching your goals. Success is not easy. If it were, then everybody would be wealthy and partying in Las Vegas. Money Making Conversation is about setting goals and reaching your dreams. If you don't know something, then you will have to educate yourself. Become the smartest person in your business or circle. Because if you are not, or you are the smartest person in your circle, there is not long-term success. That's why I coined the phrase, stand ahead of the ignorance. Ignorance is a state of being uninformed. You must always be ready to plan, adjust your goals, and never let change sneak upon you. When you make these things, then you will be successful by staying ahead of ignorance. And another point, dream killers. Stay away from dream killers and naysayers. And they can come in different forms. A, a dream killer, a naysayer can be a parent, a brother, a sister, your best friend, a relative, a stranger, a trusted church member, a community leader, a teacher, a neighbor, a husband, wife, partner, girlfriend, boyfriend your children, and guess what? You might look in the mirror, and you might be the dream killer. But when you listen to Money Making Conversation, that's what I try to stop. That is my goal, to stop from you being the worst enemy for yourself. That's what Money Making Conversation is all about. My next guest, I'm just telling y'all this, read his resume five times, and I'm tired because this brother does a lot. My next guest is an NBA superstar, entrepreneur, philanthropist, inspirational motivator, Notable brand ambassador for State Farm. In 2005, Chris and his family established the CP3 Foundation, a philanthropic partnership with the Winston-Salem Foundation in honor of his late grandfather. The foundation's effort are truly a family affair, and with its 10th anniversary, the foundation officially changed its name to the Chris Paul Family Foundation to include the involvement of Chris's wife, parents, brother, sister-in-law, and extended family members. He is a man that I am a fan of because of what he stands in life because he stands up for himself and the people around him and his community. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Chris Paul. What's going on? Chris, I'm going to tell you something. I, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, okay? And so Is I'm, that right? Uh, yes, sir. I'm based in Atlanta, but I'm originally from Houston, Texas. And the thing that impressed me, I was always impressed with you before you got traded to Houston. Let's go and be real about this, Okay. If you're, if you're a guy who knows sports and understands sports and know your history as a, as a man, as an individual, as a leader, you impress. But as soon as you got to Houston, you got involved in the community. Explain, explain that drive. As soon as, so, so, so as he gets there, I'm on TV, he's passing that food. What drives that direction in your life so strongly? I think for me, it's always been my support system and my family. You know, growing up in, in North Carolina, you know, everything was always about, like, helping others and understanding that you don't get anywhere on your own. And the day I got traded, you know, to, to Houston, mm-hmm. I became a, a Houstonian. Right. You know, so <laughs> with, with, the hur- with the hurricane happening, mm-hmm. um, that that was tough, you know, to see, you know, now part of my extended family enduring what they were having to go through. Uh, I wanted to do as much as I could and do my part and help as much as possible. And just not even the fact that I – you know, got traded to Houston just just because, you know, we all are people. You know, right. it's a big family, so. Right. You know, and that's really important because, you know, it's like, because I know that, you, like you said, 
you're in Houston now, but you're still helping people in other areas. That's what we're on the call today to talk about how you just feel a need to shape a better life for people you don't know. And that's an important value system for you, correct? Yeah, I, I think for me, uh, I've always looked at basketball as, you know, a tool. Like, I love the game more than anybody, but I always say, you know, basketball is what I do. It's not who I am. Right. You know, if I'm remembered, uh, if I'm if I'm remembered, you know, when I leave this earth as just this amazing basketball player, then I feel like, you know, my life was a failure. You know, there's so many people who have helped me get to where I am today that, you know, it's, it's paying it forward and just trying to teach and educate, especially the youth, uh, not only my own kids, especially them, but everyone just try to teach them because I'm 34 and I'm still learning. I tell people that that's, you know, so we're on the same page. I tell people I wake up ignorant every morning. That way I'm right. willing to accept information that's being delivered to me. Because if you wake up thinking right. you know it all, then guess what? You're going to miss some valuable information, some valuable advice. And that's also a humble side of you that that I feel, you know, that that, that, that rings out for you. Because naturally as an athlete, you're such a gifted athlete. There's a necessary feeling that, you know, you are in, in some ways immortal. You know, you're invincible because that craft, you're so good at it. But in the business right. world, when you go into the business world and the charitable world, it's filled with so many flaws because, you know, you get on the court, you see the length of the basketball court, you know that rim's 10 feet, you know where that free throw line is going to be this far. But when you get in the business right. world, those dynamics disappear. That's when it also gets really interesting and challenging, correct? Yeah, it gets very interesting because what happens also is a lot of times people see you uh, on television or they see you on that court and they think that's all you know. You know, they think all you know is how to put a ball in a basket. Right. <laughs> and um, that's, that's not the case. Not only myself, uh, there's a lot of intelligent uh, athletes out there. And I think that's why, you know, we have to continue to learn. And it's funny, you know, sometimes when you do get in the business world and people shake your hand, they make a comment and they're like, oh, you know about this. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we, we only play the games from 730 to 9. <laughs> That's so true. It's really interesting because, uh, and I and I, I totally agree with you that because uh, when I was managing Steve Harvey, and whenever we was doing deals, you know, it was so much energy put in his direction because he was the star. Steve Harvey, I, right. I was just doing a deal, and I, and I, and I, I will tell you because of my who I was, an African American, a lot of a lot of shade was thrown my way, like I didn't know what I was doing, like I was his running buddy, like I was his boy, and I would always right. tell him, "You gonna talk to me later." I would just tell him, "Are you gonna talk to me later?" And because right. because people will disrespect you by you know stereotyping you, and that's what you're saying as an athlete. I was being stereotyped because guess what? And LeBron runs through that same problem with his boys because they call him crew. They disrespect the fact that you can be of a certain color, a certain uh, a certain a certain gender, and feel that you can't compete mentally in this corporate game, this game of closing deals and that's what you're playing in every day because i look at all these brands and partnerships that you're tied to it's amazing that you're so well-rounded chris try to at least and you know over the years uh i've had some unbelievable mentors who i paid attention to and like and like you just said there um it's never never having too much information yes you know always wanting to learn um and, and that's what it is. I mean, I talk about it a lot of times as a professional athlete. Uh, I got drafted into the NBA when I was 19, mm-hmm. 19, about turned 20 years old. Yes, sir. And you're young. You don't know about financial literacy. You don't know about a lot. 
Right. And so uh, if you if you don't try to seek some of that knowledge, you know, your career can go by, and now you're just sitting there like, what do I do now? See, we're just talking about you, and we're just talking about Rashawn McDonald. But to accomplish these tasks that you're – you have a team. Let's talk about the team that surrounds Chris Paul. Man, listen, my, my team is unbelievable and unmatched. And <laughs> Let's give him some applause. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. If, 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 you, if, you, show me, if you show me somebody uh, that doesn't have an amazing team around them, then they're lying. And I'll tell you, first and foremost, that it's, it's not me. Like, I'm glad that I can be the voice or whatnot, but my team, uh, which consists of a number, a number of people. But, I mean, I have, definitely have to start with my wife, right. who is – Everything. I've been with my wife since I was 18 years old. Congratulations. You know, and she she is absolutely the point guard of the family. Mm-hmm. You know, I just play it for my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, then I got my, my parents. I'm so blessed and fortunate to have a mom and dad. Uh, my older brother, who's my business manager. also have a woman named Carmen Wilson, who is unbelievable. Unbelievable, and it, it goes on and on. We're really a, a family when it when it comes to our operation, and that's really important because family. I, I, I look back in my life. I tell people when I opened my comedy club in '92, it was my family who worked the door. It was my family who set people down. I wouldn't be here without my family. So I understand the value of your conversation because it's that support system. It can be family, it can be friends, but you got to have that support system. And I want to apologize right quick, Chris. I jumped to Club Sixty One. Really, I want to get back over to where we really, originally brought you onto the phone to talk about the, the business, entertainment, media, and sports event that's happening September 25th at the Alumni Foundation Center. Please tell us in more detail exactly uh, is it, is it, what the agenda is going to be. I know we have 250 North Carolina A&T students. Talk a little bit more about that. So uh, the students, they're going to participate in a, a class, right? And yes, they, sir. They'll discuss case studies. So that's what we did when... I went to the class at, at Harvard. So we'll have case studies, and it's cool because uh, one of the case studies is on D-Wade, who's right. like my brother, one of my really close friends, and we'll get a chance to uh, go over some of his business, things that he's had over the years and decisions that he had to make. And same thing we'll do for the Walt Disney Studios, which is a huge company, right? major company. Um. And we'll get to have discussion. And I think the nice, the best thing about the class is that it provides brainstorming. And then you also get a chance to get some real information that a lot of times people don't know. Right. And that's why I'm so excited to be a part of it also because, you know, I've been blessed, like I said, to be in some of these rooms and some of these decisions and how they've been made. So to talk to the students and let them ask questions and you know, basically get behind the curtain on a lot of lot of major deals. You know, it's really and when you talk about the the Walt Disney brand, and I, this is what he's really saying. When you okay, let's look look at the Walt Disney brand. Let's break that down. Uh, ESPN, Hulu, Fox, okay, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, all of the uh, parks. So when you just grab Disney alone, you got the whole gamut. Right now, worldwide, they got the six. Highest grossing movies in the world is Walt Disney owned. Correct. ABC. Don't want to forget a free farm. So when you're talking about Disney alone, it just it will just shock these young people to know that how far its brand that you associated Rashad. with. You might say, Rashad. huh? Pixar, Marvel. Oh, 
obviously he gonna he gonna check me now. He gonna he gonna he he, he gonna check me like, like, no, like no, no, I'm just saying. You're, I, you're I, I'm, I'm just messing rush, with you, Chris. I'm just messing with Chris. I'm just messing with you because you're right. It's, it's, it's so much Pixar, Marvel, which had Black Panther, absolutely, absolutely. Black Panther, yeah, yeah. So all all of these different types of things. First of all, I want to let you know. Thank you for coming on my show. I want to let you know. Please, um, anything you promote, I'm a fan. I'm I, based in Houston. I'm a, I still got a home in Houston. I live in Atlanta. I've been in New York. I'm doing a lot of things. I am a fan. I went to University of Houston. I also did not go to an HBCU school, but I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I was an endowment at my University of Houston. But I am going to be a major player as far as a voice for HBCU schools. So, no, whenever you need to come our way, Stephen A. Smith way, Rashawn McDonald way, Ricky Smiley way. We will be there for you, brother, because HBCUs and, and, need and, and that same voice. Same here, I promise. Would you say that? I said, and same here. Thank you, my brother, and you. Be, and thank you for getting on this call, and I appreciate you, man. And keep your family high, man, because guess what? They're the reason you're strong. Okay. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, the universe doesn't have to deal with you. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. My next guest is an actor, writer, director, and producer. He's a Sears regular on ABC's hit drama, A Million Little Things, starring as the character Rome Howard. He is back on the show to talk about the first season and the upcoming second season, and I want to share some very important advice that he gave me. He's a first-born American with Trinidadian descent. He has lived from Baytown, Texas to Puerto Rico. Please welcome back to Money Making Conversation, Romney Malco. <laughs> Hey, thank you. Dan, that's a nice intro. That's probably the best intro I ever got right there. Thank you very much, Sean. Appreciate that, Sam. Good. I'm happy to be here. And and, and and I want to know if I could if I could piggyback on what you were saying about, you know, if you have a plan that you can make it. Am I allowed to do that or do we not? Absolutely. Have time? That's what this show is about. Do your thing. I just want to say something, you know. Uh you know, look, one of the other things that really inhibits people, I believe, from actually realizing their dreams is simply they have this preconceived notion of what the process should be like. So what that means is they think from what they take things at face value. They take, they take the success they see at face value. And then, so they go into it and they, I don't care if you just selling jewelry, making YouTube videos or running a, a fortune 500 company. The bottom line is, is that people are doing a lot of additional work beyond what you're seeing in, you know, at face value. So mm-hmm. in other words, there's so much extra work that goes on behind the scenes. And, and don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about paying dues. Yes, there's paying dues, but there's also simple strategies and techniques that we need mentors and we need non-parental caring adults to inform us of because we haven't walked that path. And it's those little bits of insight that save us so much time. I wish I had known that mm-hmm. when I was younger. I'd probably be a lot further ahead in my own life. That's but you, all. But isn't that part of the growing process? Process to, you know, because I always go back and I always tell people what you learn in your 20s is really what's the structure of what you're going to be successful in your 40s and your 50s. Because that's when you were fearless. That's when you had the dreams. And if anybody told you or questioned you, you, you tended to ignore that. But as you got older, you got into relationships and you start worrying about 
the position you are in life, you know, that fear of change, that fear of, I, 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 better, I, better, I better hold back on this. So the hold back, and nope, that's what you're nope. saying, right? No, nope, but, nope. but there's some value to that, though, because, you mm-hmm. know, something, real talk, I, I have to say that there was definitely a, a fearlessness, uh, you know, in my youth, but also what there was was this uh, lack of awareness of self. Mm-hmm. And because of that lack of awareness of self, I had these unaddressed issues. Mm-hmm. So by not knowing myself and not knowing what I was capable of, mm-hmm. I was kind of afraid there to expose go. myself, there if that go. makes any sense. And right? very much so. I get, a lot of people tell me, yeah, people say, yo, Ron, you're so underrated. I'm not underrated, really. I'm just scared. So I'm the dude that avoided a lot of avoided a lot of great opportunities simply because I was afraid that I would be exposed as not being worthy or good enough. So I actually took I I actually took refuge and I I I found uh, joy in being able to be the side dude, being able to be the supporting actor, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. you know that was really a byproduct of just like deeper insecurities that hadn't been addressed. That's real awesome. talk. So I awesome think that, you know, we have a fearlessness as we're kids, awesome. but there's a subconscious thing as well where mm-hmm. maybe we've been convinced by, you know, by our environment that we're not worthy. Not saying that it's true. We've just been convinced of it. And so I think sometimes there's a lot of value in Northern, in Northern American countries. We tend to overlook uh, the, the need to resolve those issues as we pursue success. You know, it's not just about willpower. There is a resolve. Most of the wealthy people that helped me make my movies, that helped me make my money, mm-hmm. they have all had to put themselves in that vulnerable position of getting to know themselves better. Because on the, on the movie Prison Logic, that you, there was, uh, you did when you came on the yes. show last time, that was a crowdfunded movie, correct? It was a crowdfunded movie. Now, here was my strategy on that. This is a prime example of what I'm saying about getting to know the ins and outs of something. I... Uh, did so much research on crowdfunding, had no idea that it, it wasn't just about, you know, starting up and asking your fans for money. There was so much strategy, and to be quite frank, like, that crowdfunding game was shady as hell, and you you would not believe it, all the, all the skullduggery that goes on behind the scenes, wow. and being able to learn and understand that. But what I did was I used the crowdfunding campaign to attract investors. So here's a prime example of a strategy you might not know. Right. You never ask for 100% of what you want when you're running a crowdfunding campaign. Always ask for about 50% because statistically, a successful crowdfunding campaign will be funded on average between 200 to 1,000% of asking. So that means that if you're asking for 100000 and your campaign is successful, you're guaranteed to make somewhere between 200000 and a million. Right. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Right. So, mm-hmm. so the, 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 my math might be off there. You said I got a little secure when I saw that calculation. But anyway, <laughs> the point of it is, right. You are a comedian. Right. You are a comedian. So, <laughs> right. Um, so, so anyway, so what I did was I, I made the crowdfunding campaign successful by asking for half of what I wanted and then went to investors, showed investors, look, this campaign is hot. And people like to see a train that's rolling. Like my manager told me, sometimes you got to start your party mm-hmm. and then send out the invitations. And that's kind of what I did. I used the campaign to attract investors by making the campaign look like it had a huge following and a, a lot of people that were backing it that inspired and motivated the investors. And so we ended up doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, I made the movie. I started winning stuff at all these different festivals. And I didn't even, listen, I wasn't in Sundance and all those festivals. I was actually in the festivals that were hosted in places where people had given me money. Mm -hmm. And I said, we're going to submit to them festivals. We went to them festivals. We was winning best lead audience, audience (laughs) award, best editor, best music, left and right. Mm -hmm. Then James Lopez from Will Packer's company saw that. 
Loved it. Took it to Will Packard. They called me like 11 o'clock at night wanting to talk about it. I got on the phone. With, in fact, that's my Instagram post this morning. Mm-hmm. I got on the phone with them, and the next thing you know, we were selling it to Smith Global Media, which is Will, Smith, Will Smith's brother, Harry Smith. First time I got on the phone with him, I thought they was punking me. I really thought it was Will. Because mm-hmm. they sound so much alike now on the phone. <laughs> it's crazy. But anyway, mm-hmm. so that movie comes out next year, 2020. Uh, February, March 2020. Look for it. Okay. You know, we have so much great things we've talked about so far. I'm going to wrap up this particular break. Let's talk about the movie that's coming out in November called Holiday Rush that's coming on Netflix. Let's let's wrap this break up talking about that. Called Holiday Rush that's coming let's out on that. Netflix in November, correct? Man, let me tell you something. I don't know if you know who Leslie Small is. He's a That's my man. Come on now. Come on now. He did like three that's- neighborhood awards. He directed like three neighborhood awards for me. I know Leslie Small, Okay. Dude, that that's first of all, that's my brother. This dude is incredible, one of the most inspiring human beings I've ever met. Mm-hmm. This dude, he's directed Kevin Hart's stand ups, Cat mm-hmm. Williams stand ups, mm-hmm. you name a big comedian, he's 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 hit them in their prime, right? Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. So he's like, Yo, I want you to do this movie, I want you to play the lead. And again, like I said, the insecurities kicked in. I was like, You want me to play the lead? You want me? <laughs> like Romney Malco to play the lead? Yes, sir. Romney Malco living in Puerto Rico to play the lead? Baytown, yeah. Texas. Don't forget Baytown, dude, Texas. <laughs> At Baytown, Texas, right? I'm like, you want me, Baytown? And he was like, yes. So let me tell you something. I felt insecure making the whole movie. Well, he cast Sonequa Martin-Green. He cast Deion Cole. Wow. These people showed up so on a, so on another level of prepared and funny mm-hmm. that it forced me to tap into something in myself that I didn't even know I had. Right. And I kept going to him every other scene and being like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. He goes, I'm sure because you're not sure. He goes, you're not supposed to feel comfortable here. You're supposed to be being stretched. And that's what happened. So here's what happened. I, so we make the movie. I go away. I come back. to I have to do ADR. So I have to do ADR like maybe like four months later. And that's what you kind of Put your, your match, you have to fix some dialogue that didn't go right in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And I get to see about 15 minutes of this movie. Oh, my God. I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed watching this movie. I play a single father, a, a widowed father of mm-hmm. four kids. I have, I have a set of twins. I have a preteen and a, t- a preteen daughter and a teenage son who's about to go to college. And I'm a big-time hol- I'm, I'm, I'm big radio host just like you, you know. And, <laughs> yes, sir. You know, and... And, and then all of a sudden, my station gets sold to some people that are talking about they're going in a different direction. Right. And I have no job. I have nothing. And me and my family, you know, after losing our wife, losing my wife and, and my kid's mother, we kind of went down the superficial road to kind of just, you know, uh, put a Band-Aid over the hurt that we were feeling. And oh. now we have to learn new values because we can't get, we can't be superficial anymore. We can't afford to be. That's awesome. And so it's a story about That's family good. learning real values. Season two yes. premiere of A Million Little Things. One of the stars of the show right. plays the char- character Rome Howard. Uh, and his best friends, yes. he has two best friends left, but he's also dealing with a lot of issues himself. And the fact that we're able to talk about basically the, the, the text of it, the gang rallies around Delilah. That's the best friend of the suicide best friend, the wife of the best friend who committed yes. suicide. The wife, wife of the one who committed suicide, see, yeah. See, see how we talking, man? Wife of the best friend, she died, she having a baby with the other best friend, you know, you know, Robin's character, he about to commit suicide, then at the end of the series, he, he, he turns to his wife, say he understands now, we need to have a baby, and she goes, I, I want to do everything you want to do, but not that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a heartbreaker. Hey, and then I, walks in the delivery I, room, I, I, and he's just standing there going, huh? I thought I was about to say something you wanted to hear. She said, honey, I want to do everything that you want to do, but not that. 
<laughs> oh, oh my lord! Oh, I love it. This man. is this is did and this show keeps throwing you twists. I can't wait. I'm, I mean, I'm so grateful, dude, that you actually quote Michelle. I, I it means a lot that you you took time to watch the show, man. It really does. Thank you very much. Because I know you got a lot to do, fam. Absolutely. So and the thing you. about it is, that I do have a lot to do. But guess what? When I when I because first of all. Your, your your level of quality work that you're involved in, because, you know, I, I first became a fan of yours on 40-Year-Old Version, and I followed you for years Thank on you. Weeds, okay? And then you blessed me by starring in two of the movies that mm-hmm. I was executive producing that was Think Like a Man and Think Like a Man 2. So I'm a fan. Yes. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Thank you, my brother. And then you, you blessed me by coming on my show, you know what I'm saying? And they gave giving me yes. momentum. Yes. Using your star power to give me momentum to get other people. Romney on this show? Well, I'll come on Rashawn's show, too. You know, because when you, when you, it's all about relationships, you know. And so to come back this time, yeah. I had to be ready for you because you just, and then all of a sudden to let me in on prison logic, you let me see that before it got sold, before oh. it got, before it started getting these awards. <laughs> come on, man. You blessed me. Okay. Man, yes. Y'all been, y'all have been, y'all have been blessings in my life. From the minute I hit the scene, all I can do is just give you gratitude, my brother. And of course, of course, your 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 insight counts. Your your wisdom it counts, and it helps me too, man. So I feel like it's reciproc it's reciprocated. You got me on here talking. You and me talking. I feel like we gossiping. <laughs> Absolutely, everybody catch my man. A million little things premieres Thursday, September twenty sixth, nine p.m. East West Coast, eight p.m. Central on ABC. My man, come back in November for Holiday Rush. Okay. Hi, this is Rushan McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rushan Shell? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met, you know, you always say, Rushan, yes. uh, can you give me, can we talk, can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too, because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. I mm-hmm. felt like at that time and even now, you mm-hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You're truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be more you know for a fact now that you're about to capture an audience that's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness has been valuable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. Okay, y'all. Okay, this, this show, Money Making Conversations, hosted by Rashawn McDonald, is a motivational show. It's an inspirational show. It's a show that uh, when the people listen to my show, they walk away with information that will help them be successful. I, t- I talk about planning. I talk about goal setting. I talk about dreams and turn those dreams into reality. And it's all about being a planner, all about uh, realizing that what you want to accomplish in life, you have to work hard for. You hear that statement a lot, working hard, working hard. How do you work hard? What's the plan to work hard? Is there a day off when you're working hard? All this part of the process, that's why I created Money Making Conversation. But my next interview, <clears throat> really, is uh, it's about food. It's about Rashawn's, I think, um, second favorite um, thing I'd like to do in life is eat. eat. It, the other part is just living. I love living. But eating, my friends know me. They know I love to eat. And um, 
this 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 uh, interview I feature I have a called Rashawn Eats. It's on my website, uh, Baker Spotlight. You go there, and different places I've been told about uh, that are in amazing restaurants. I make them a part of Rashawn Eats. So that's just a setup of my introduction to my next guest. My next guest first introduced Texans to their mouth-watering turkey legs at the Houston Rodeo in 2015. Let you know about the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Roughly 2 million people attend the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo every year. Just let you know, this is not just a regular rodeo. So just to get, just to be a participant, be a vendor at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is a game changer, especially for minorities. In three short years, the Houston couple has taken their widely popular turkey legs to new heights, expanding their menu to include seven varieties of succulent, fall-off-the-bone fall turkey legs, and a full complement of homemade delicacies at their first turkey leg location on Almeda Road in the heart of Houston in historic Third Ward, Texas. Third Ward, Texas, Texas Southern is there, University of Houston, where I went to school was there, Jack Yates, one of the most powerful football programs, African-American programs in the history of Texas football, is located in Third Ward, Texas. The restaurant has also become a popular Houston spot, a hot spot, with late-night hours and soulful live music every Tuesday. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, one of the owners of Turkey Leg Hut. Turkey Leg, the originators of the world-famous stuffed turkey legs. Please welcome Kia Price. Hi, good morning. I tell you what, um, you know, just saying your name, Miss Price, makes me hungry. <laughs> you know that. You know that. You know. I got the I got the website up. I got all this amazing food. You you post the video, the rappers love you, your videos going viral. Before we even get into the questions, just let me know. Are, are you overwhelmed by all this or is it just like you prayed about it and you knew this was going to happen, you know, with hard work and faith and all that good stuff and people surrounding? Let's talk about how you feeling about this, because right now I'm feeling hungry. <laughs> I think that it's definitely something that we prayed about. Um, we never in a million years did we imagine that it would be to this extent. But every day is a journey. We take it one day at a time. And one day at a time means what? Because you know, your business, because you're expanding, we're going to talk about that later, expanding the business. I'm sure people are just dropping all these ideas about franchise and y'all can be the next such and such. Of course. So, yes. and, and you have to take that in stride because the fact that, like I said, where were you at in 2015 when I was at the Livestock Show and Rodeo? Where were you at before 2015, and, before I was at the Livestock Show and Rodeo? And so but before that, my husband had a, a repo company. He was repoing RV trailers. And I, myself, was a junior project manager for a litigation firm. Mm -hmm. So neither one of us had culinary background or culinary experience. Um, you know, it was something that, that happened. He, we had the idea. We were just going to, you know, with the rodeo, we were shuttling people into the rodeo. So food wasn't even our main focus at that point in time. Right. Um, and our main focus was shuttling people into the rodeo. We just had a barbecue pit on the field in the field where we were shuttling the people and we had turkey legs, boudin, sausage on a stick. And, you know, we came up with the idea that we were just going to feed people while they were waiting to go inside of the rodeo. And my husband, he, you know, his thing was just repost for us, social media, social media, everything is social, social media, right, right. repost for us. Let's see what happens. And it just snowballed from there. So the fact that he had the foresight and understand the value yes. of social media and you got this, yes, these sure. giant pizzas 
And you know, let me just tell you something. You know, because will you say your clientele is African American? Yes. Okay, cool. Like, I want to just before I make this statement, because black people like value for their money. Okay. So Correct. You see, you see this giant. <laughs> I'm telling you something. That giant turkey leg, and they like any any restaurant. You, and I can say this, and black people they can they can confront me on this. But if you if you take a black person to the restaurant where they can go home with a doggy bag, you got them as a customer. You do. You do. And we made, that's one of the things that we've always made sure that, you know, our price point is, it may not be for everyone, but people pay for what it is that they want. And we make sure that you get the value as well. So you're paying, but you also, I mean, all of our plates are shareable. We give you a lot of food. You sure A do. lot of food. You sure do. So, so you understood that, you know, and I would tell you that, just a, let's talk about the basic turkey leg, okay? I've I've uh-huh. tried to man up. I've been at Disney. I've been at amusement park, and I'm trying <laughs> to man up, go get my turkey leg, and say I'm gonna finish this. And Lord knows it has beaten me every time. Just a turkey leg, okay? Just a turkey leg alone has beaten your boy up bad. Okay. okay, I'm looking around trying to hand this off to somebody because you know when you walk in our amusement park, you got this giant turkey leg. You got to do something with it because you're not eating <laughs> of it anymore. Okay, so you go in the restaurant, and then y'all, I'm going to say call y'all crazy, because y'all now have stuffed it. Y'all stuffed it. <laughs> See, crazy people think like that. Yeah. Crazy people are geniuses, okay? It's a geniusness Correct. about this whole thing, that they took a basic piece of meat that is, that is impossible for a normal person to eat. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to go, this is the crazy part, we're going to put something else in there. Extra stuff. <laughs> Extra stuff. And then, so so that's the part. Now, when y'all was when I was shuttling people in, you didn't have the stuff part of the campaign yet. Correct. Okay. No, cool. we didn't. Okay. When did that craziness develop, Kia? When? Who thought of that? that? Was it Lynn or was it you? Who thought of that? It was Lynn. It was oh, Lynn. Yeah. I have to give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. It was that was his idea to stuff the turkey leg. See, see he out there. See, he out there. He repo. Yeah, he's see, crazy. repo people. To know him, you you'd understand. See, repo think <laughs> repo people. people they think of stuff like that. He's crazy. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Because yes. he, he knows he knows the value of extra. Cause see, I used to when I when I was in, when I was living in Houston, I used to unload trucks, and the food trucks okay. come by. So everything you look at, you always want something extra, and all you you fantasize yes. by. If I got this, if I put this on top. See, he's one of he's one of the people. If you just put food on the plate, he don't care if it touches. Some people don't like that, so, and I'm that person that doesn't like that. See what I'm saying? But he don't care. <laughs> It's all going down one one pipe. That's it's it. It's all going the same thing. <laughs> See, he like me. He like me. Yes. So what they have done, these crazy, this crazy couple, you know what I'm saying, that mm-hmm. owns this amazing restaurant called the Turkey Leg Hut in Houston, Texas, have said, look, we got this big old piece of meat. We're going to jazz it up. Now, what was the first thing, what was the first jazz that you added to the beat there, Kia? The first jazz that we added was the... The dirty rice. Ooh, that see. was the first jazz. Yes, they knew exactly. And then thereafter, did. we mm. had the, the 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 shrimp and the Alfredo sauce. See, they went jazzy right there. That had to, and that, then that had just, to be a little bit higher yeah. than normal, though. That would, you you just don't add shrimp on a turkey leg and just keep it normal. Part. You that, don't. See, no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, dirty rice. You can keep that reasonable right there. But they, they, Correct. They, you got to have some. See, see, the thing about it, I, I, this I love about what I'm talking about. Because, see, when people come into restaurants like that, you got to have a price point. And I learned that from throwing concerts. Everybody everybody mm-hmm. don't want to buy the $20 ticket. 
Some people want to, they want in specifically want the $75 ticket because they think it has more value. So, so certain clientele that they have, they want that high-end shrimp turkey leg. This is very true. Yes. Otherwise. And that's actually our best seller. <laughs> See, I know it's my food. And that goes back to people pay for what it is that they want. Okay, cool. Now, I don't think I missed this question. What gave you the idea to stuff a turkey leg? Like I said, that was my husband's idea. You, you know, he you, we were playing around with everything. Yeah. You know how we the re, the original turkey leg, the regular turkey leg, right. it has stuffing in it, but it it's stuffed with different seasonings, um, different vegetables, things that we, I mean, you know, things that we've incorporated into the turkey leg. So it's not a regular turkey leg. It's not a walk around the fair, hold a turkey leg. It's there's a process to how we do our turkey legs. Yes. And then thereafter, you know, he was like, you know, we, you know, we always try to challenge each other. Slim, mm-hmm. if that's what he calls me. Slim, I think we should, you know, <laughs> we maybe stuff it with dirty rice. And I'm like, what? Dirty rice? Yeah, I'm telling you, it's going to work. It's going to work. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't see it, but let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so when mm-hmm. we went into the brick and mortar, mm-hmm. we stuffed the turkey leg. And just like, you know, when I was trying to tell him about the seasoning and he told me we didn't need to do it. Same thing happened. People came from everywhere to try to stuff turkey legs. Now that's that's really amazing. So so let's mm-hmm. talk about your journey, okay? Before that, you had two jobs that were not 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 culinary related. That's not what you guys correct. You had the transportation. You were transporting people back and forth. So you decided to feed the people. Or you were transporting them, make a little extra money on the side. That's all. That's just like a little barbecue yeah. stand. You know, we do it. Come out of the nightclub at three o'clock in the morning. You always had the guy there with the with the hot links. You know, and they taste, some reason they taste real good at three o'clock in the morning. That same hot link at right. during the daylight don't taste the same. But three o'clock in the morning, that hot link was was cracking. And so that's true. The, the whole part about moving towards the brick and mortar, which is the which is the really the, the, the fear part of it, the business planning part of it, because you're about to take a risk because you got to sign a lease and you have to have a certain level of, uh, you know, inventory to say this is going to be successful. Talk, walk us through that process, mm-hmm. because that's what money making conversation is always about. I know we have a little about a minute left. If we don't, I'd like to wrap that thought up in the next break. But please start us out about mm-hmm. the whole process of the no. brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our our you know, how we started was very unique. It wasn't, you know, the typical, you know, we're going to seek brick and mortar and this is what we're going to do. It was actually I got a phone call from someone that he went to school with about a location that um, didn't have much business. And with the following that we had garnered while we were out there in the field, it was like, hey, you know, you all have a following would you be interested in coming and, you know, just checking out the kitchen, seeing if this is a place that you all want to continue to sell turkey legs. And, um, and that was it. So we, you know, we went over there. We didn't know anything about running a restaurant, everything with us. And I think that's why we appreciate it so much more has been trial and error. White people, they'll stand in a long restaurant line. They'll do that. That's very true. Black people. Mm, they very impatient people. Very impatient people. It has very. to be something behind that dope that they're gonna keep that place. That's why when somebody cuts in front of them, there's a problem. I don't give a darn if it's if it's uh, uh Steve Harvey. Uh yes. uh, uh it's Steve Harvey. I don't care. I don't care. No, no they don't. They don't. They, they don't. do not care and they get upset. They get upset. 
Now, yeah. So on Tuesdays, you also do a live music at the at the uh, this original Turkey Leg Hut location, correct? Yes, we do live band seven thirty every Tuesday with Just Miriam imagine. Echo. You can do the you can do the but you be jamming, eating on your turkey leg, jamming, eating on your turkey leg to the music, grooving to the beat. Y'all, I'm gonna tell you something, mm-hmm. the y'all on fire. You guys are on fire. Thank you. I love it. Now, number I got to ask this. You know, I'm a, a I, like I said, I graduated from University of Houston. Have they uh, have they no honored food. you yet? Oh, as an as a as a alumnus of the school yet? Have they honored you? No, not yet. Okay, I mean, okay. you know, I play basketball. Excuse me, there, excuse, so excuse, excuse. A lot of the my my um, the coaches come in. They bring a lot of the women okay, women's okay. basketball team. Well, we're gonna we're gonna my change son, that. Um, we're gonna change that. Okay, you're gonna get a little call because Rashawn McDonald telling you you're special you're one of our one of our shining lights of the university of houston i have a well, scholarship you. program i got an endowment i'm about to lay down along with my wife for uh university of houston next month and so we're gonna come okay. by afterwards we're gonna come by and celebrate the turkey leg hood because i'm bringing her by there probably bring everybody okay. over there okay so i want to let you know that i'm proud you took the time to come on my show I'm proud that you, Thank uh, you so much. That, that you shared your story and you honestly shared your story. And it's about effort. It's about dreams. It's about being able to accomplish something through hard work and education. But again, you're going to see me on Friday. I'm going to be well-dressed now. I can't come in there not looking like I'm right. You know, but I know I better come <laughs> early because I can't cut in front of your crowd. But you keep winning. And please tell your husband next time we do this show, I need him. I need to talk to my boy, Lynn. Okay. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. 